Shea Birmingham had only been in New York for a couple of weeks when he snapped up a job at indie record label Mexican Summer. He spent his teenage years involved in the Christchurch music scene as a fan and alongside friend Richard McFarlane began the underground music blog called Rose Courts. He's a bloody nice guy and over the next hour shares his NYC tales, growing up in NZ and the music that he's dug over the years. It's all coming up on A Kiwi Abroad. Hello, Shay Birmingham. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, Connor. Thank you. Um, now, where are we? Uh, we are in the offices of um, Mexican Summer Record Label in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And why are we here? We're here because I've been working late, and um, and now and we're doing this interview. And it's a nice space. It's uh, it used to be a cutlery factory many years ago. Really? Yeah, I think I think that's the story. I always I should know it by now. I've given enough tours, but. Um, yeah, so it's, we've got really nice high ceilings. There might be some photos of this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there'll be some photos. Yeah, so, and it's nice and quiet. We've just got the cleaner pottering about in the background. So I thought this would be a nice ambience for our, for our chat. It is. It's a, it's a great atmos, man. I really appreciate it. Now, how long have you been in America for now? Um, I've been here for just over two years. I got here in December 2012. Yeah. And how come you ch chose to come here? Um, good question. I basically, like, was just... I had this opportunity to come here um, through this graduate visa scheme, the J-1 visa. And um, I had visited New York once um, in 2010. And I just, like, fell in love with it. I mean, it's basically, like, a place I've always been um, just through, like, watching television and movies like always been really excited by and when I visited I just loved it so I was like I gotta try to live here one yeah. day yeah and when you first got here what did you what did you plan to do did you have any like work lined up or projects lined up or anything um no I didn't really I kind of was just like yeah I kind of came here and I was like I'll just I was happy to I was happy to work in a cafe or like wash dishes or whatever but um, I kind of, I, I sort of had a, like a vague background in music. Um, I did a lot of music writing. And um, through that, I, I met like people working in the music industry. But I think just being in New Zealand, I always felt pretty like distant from, like I never kind of considered working in the music industry. So anyway, when I moved here, I was kind of like, I was meeting with these people who were like working at labels or they were like publicists or whatever. Um, so I decided to just like, I put together a resume and I sent it to a friend of mine who's a booking agent. And um, he passed it on to some people he knows working in music in New York. And um, yeah, like within like a month of moving here, I, I got this job at Mexican Summer um, doing a and that's unheard of almost. Yeah, I was, I still can't quite believe that it happened, but um, it was, yeah, total like right place, right time yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, awesome, man. Um, let's play uh, your song. Let's play your first song here, Shapeshifter. Tell me about how this ties in with where you are now, because it, New Zealand drum and bass is quite far removed from where Mexican summer is. Totally, yeah. Well, <laughs> so you were writing a lot about Shapeshifter, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, um, well, I don't know. I was thinking about um, 
just songs that have had an impact on me over my life. And uh, I have two older sisters who were like really into like the New Zealand rave culture, like kind of in the like late nineties. Yeah. And um, is that when they, like Fat was around? Fat Festival. Um, yeah, maybe Fat. They they used to go to the Gathering oh, and yeah. Alpine Unity. Yeah. Um, so I was just like by osmosis, like really into like a lot of that music that was happening um and it's yeah it's crazy because i remember like i remember buying this shapeshifter cd when i was like 11 or 12 and like i went into sounds and rickerton mall and um i just like loved it like it was it was like kind of before anyone knew about shapeshifter i think and then um like i remember playing it at school and everyone was like what's this shit and then by the time like i graduated everyone was into shapeshifter like yeah. it was like this huge national thing yeah so i don't know like i've just always loved this album and this track um move with me it's just it's soulful it's jazzy it's yeah it's really good cool. <laughs> go there for? Who's going to mow your bloody lawns?
that was the Tiger Tones. Shay Birmingham, tell me about what that song, where that fits into with you, and also back back in your days growing up in Christchurch, what that was like. Yeah, well, um, Tiger Tones were just like really good friends of mine. Um, and they were kind of like one of the few bands in Christchurch that I felt like um, were genuinely like exciting to me when I was like 17, 18. And I don't know, like, there, it was just like, I kind of feel like there was like a, a small moment in Christchurch, if you can call it that. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, 2005 to 2007, where there was like a, a handful of other bands like Pig Out, um, Shocking Pinks, uh, like House of Dolls as well, kind of making this like, um, sort of, yeah, like kind of post-punk, uh, but kind of danceable, like, yeah indie rock I guess and then, um, and then Bang Bang Itch came from that as well yeah Bang Bang Itch came from that as well um, and yeah it was just like it was like a cool time you know like I, it was like just finishing high school and we would like go to yeah the Ducks Deluxe and like other various like Christchurch institutions and it was cool it was just like a really really fun time yeah yeah and I remember um, Tiger Tones I remember they RDU um, the radio station at the University of Canterbury, they had like a band competition every year. And I remember when Tiger Tones won and it was like this, it was kind of like an upset, I think, because they, they were, there was like quite a lot of people who didn't, who didn't like them. Yeah. Like, cause it, you know, like they were like cool kids and like there was a little bit of a backlash, but I remember when they won and we were just like so stoked. Um, it was cool. It was well-deserved, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were your pick from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, biased, obviously, but I, they, were, they were a great band. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. fun. It was fun. What was, um, what was your role back in Christchurch in the music scene? Um, Besides Ultimate Fanboy. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I never really played music um, in bands, but I did a radio show on RDU, um, I started doing it when I was in like sixth form. I think I was like 16 and I did that for like five years. So um, it was a show on like a Tuesday night called Guitar Media. And um, yeah, it was like me and my buddy Richard and we just like, I don't know, I guess it was kind of like pretty late. It was like a two hour show on a Tuesday night. And we just like played a lot of like new emerging stuff, like uh, mostly kind of like indie rock leaning, I guess, but um, Lots of like experimental and uh, electronic stuff as well. Mm. So that's kind of what I, I was just really, I've always just been like really deeply into music and like knowing about releases and like labels and just like nerdy kind of details like that. I've just been always kind of like obsessive in my, in my music um, fandom. Yeah. So that was like a, just like a really... That was like a really good thing for me to do. Like it kind of forced me every week to find like 20 like new tracks that no one had heard um, and like learn about them and kind of understand the scene that it was from. And um, yeah, and so that was kind of my like musical output to Christchurch. I mean, I don't know how yeah. many people listened to the radio show. Like we had, we had like, we had some dedicated international listeners, which was cool. But um, yeah, it was just like, that was a cool period of me just like uh, learning about music and yeah. really like getting to know stuff deeply. Yeah. And I mean, around that time, it would have been when music blogs started to 
you know, actually be a source of getting new music. And I know that you and Richard started Rose Quartz. Was it around that time as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, in, yeah, initially, um, initially during the radio show, like it was mostly just like mining MySpace. Um, That's how you do it. Yeah, like that was, it was, that was a great resource back in the day. But um, yeah, yeah, gradually like blogs became inf- like an influential part of that as well. Um, yeah, so Rose Quartz, I think, started in like late 2007, 2008. And yeah, and then that was just like another outlet for me finding music and yeah, writing about it. And and it was, yeah, that was, that was definitely like a very like fruitful like era. There were a lot of other blogs around the world. There was kind of just like this nice network of yeah. um, blogs and it, it did, there was like um, I think there was like a great deal of influence like that they held, um, which I think isn't really necessarily the case anymore. Like I feel in the last few years, that's sort of gone away. But um, for a moment, yeah, like um, that was a, a way a lot of people were finding out about music. Yeah, yeah, which is, which is kind of something really cool to be involved with. Yeah, you know, because now you have the big the big blogs, which are just businesses that do a lot of brand partnerships etc but and then there's still a small number of you know smaller blogs but they're less um influential i suppose yeah yeah totally Uh, yeah i feel like um yeah like because with rose quartz we sort of ran that it's pretty i mean it's yeah it's defunct now but for like yeah three or four years we would just sort of like churn out stuff every week um Eventually, like, we kind of became part of this, like, uh, network called Altered Zones, which was um, run by Pitchfork, which is, like, a major indie music website. And um, so that was cool. Like, I feel like uh, that that was, I think, like, 2011 when that that site was formed. So they kind of, like, aggregated a lot of our posts. But, yeah, just gradually, I don't know, like, music – Music is constantly changing. The way people consume it is constantly yeah. changing. Um, um, but yeah, it was cool. That was that was a fun time. Did you have any artists that went on to do something? You know that you picked from from you know the birth thing of that went on to you know have quite a lot of success. Yeah. You can think of. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, like yeah. I mean, coincidentally, I remember. Uh, but yeah, back when I was doing radio, like I was searching for stuff to play one week and I came across the MySpace page of Best Coast, who later signed to Mexican Summer where I'm now working. But I remember she had like like 200 profile views and like no plays. And I was like, man, this is really cool. And I blogged about it. And um, yeah, and then, you know, she's gone on to sell like over a million records. So yeah, there's definitely like... There's definitely like incidences of that for sure, yeah. and it's it's always it's cool like, um, and I guess like now that I'm doing A and R, it's sort of like uh, a sim. It's definitely a similar thing. It's about trying to find something in those early stages and hope that it can grow to something bigger. Yeah. yeah. Would you say Best Coast has parallels with Garage Land? Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to segue here, man. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Like, there's a, there's some fuzziness for sure. I think like early best coast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we wanted, yeah. If we yeah, wanted. sure. I mean, really, really early stuff. Stuff that was never actually released. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about you know garage garage land for you. 
Uh, you just dig it. Yeah, I mean, like, they're just another um, another band I got into when I was, you know, like, 15, 16. Uh, Welcome to Garage Land is a great album. Mm. I think Flying... I think this is one of the Flying Nun reissues that's coming up soon. Um, yeah, I just... I've always loved this band, and uh, this track in particular is uh, really really shoegazy it's just it's cool it's got like a nice like teenage kind of feeling hmm. it's yeah it's a good one I fell down once you held my hand no you never ever talked about it I think you'd understand everybody could fly Tell me a little bit about your day-to-day routine now here um, at Mexican Summer. Um, yeah, well, it's sort of like there's not really uh, like a typical day for sure. Like it's, um, I mean, ostensibly like what I do is A&R. Yeah. So. And what does that mean? Because, you know, it's a word that it's, you often hear and it's a pretty dreamy job, but I don't think a lot of people actually know what A&R is. Yeah, well, Do I, you know? I don't. <laughs> like, literally, when I had my interview for this job, I didn't actually know what A&R was. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I had, like, a vague idea. But, um, I mean, definitely I spend a portion of each day listening to new music like demos that get sent in or stuff that my friends have sent me or yeah. i don't know like i feel like once once people know you do a and r you just get sent stuff a lot yeah. um, how, how do you decipher what is 
good and what can work and is it just your personal taste or yeah yeah well we have um like every second week we have like a so my boss keith is like the director of ana so i'm kind of like his assistant so i work with him and we we have like a meeting um with andreas who's another label manager um like every second week and we just kind of we listen to stuff and talk about it and like decide whether we want to pursue it or not so yeah i mean like that's a big part of it and then um i don't know like since i've been here i've been project managing which is uh like kind of taking a release that's uh and putting together like the album art and picking singles and um working with the bands like booking agent and like coordinating a lot uh coordinating a tour to go around the release of something and um so like i've been yeah just learning a lot about how r- music is released through that as well because yeah again like before i started working here i really was super green i didn't really know um how a lot of that worked yeah. so um do, do in your opinion do record labels still have a lot of this say you know as in what they used to because you know you hear about record labels being the powerhouses of of music but there's a huge shift now and i know that mexican summer is an alternative label but how does it how does it fit in with um the artist and the manager and the booking agent and everything like that is it still pretty a, a key part of the project um Yeah, I mean in a way it's I mean I definitely think it's not like the label holds all the power, but I think like because we are still like releasing the product, like we kind of that does dictate a lot about what will happen around a release. So like if there you know, like if there's not a if there's not like a tour booked around a release, then that's not going to help anyone. So it's I mean it's sort of like like yeah like the label does sort of dictate it but it does benefit everyone for yeah. it to be in like a symbiotic um state as well yeah. so yeah i mean yeah that's an interesting question i've never like worked in another part of the industry so i, I can't really say for sure but um yeah i think it's like yeah it's most it how it's benefit whatever benefits everyone really like that's what we strive for yeah um, and at the moment, you were saying earlier that you're working on a, a festival, too. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, Mexican Summer like to do a lot of uh, event production. Like, um, so we we had my first year when when I started, we had like a five year label anniversary. So we threw a big party out in um, Red Hook in Brooklyn, um, at this kind of huge art space. Uh, and yeah so this year we're throwing a party in Marfa in Texas which is like a really really isolated small town in like rural southwest Texas really close to the border of Mexico yeah. um and it's kind of the complete opposite of what you've done the year before yeah totally yeah 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 from Brooklyn to Marfa but um yeah so we we're, we're doing it over like a weekend the weekend before south by southwest actually okay. uh because it is like such a destination it's sort of like it's like a 3 hour drive from the nearest airport so um it's like it's a very kind of boutique sort of festival experience but um it's yeah it's really cool we've got like a selection of mexican summer artists playing at it um also there's going to be an evening of software music which is software is like the electronic 
leaning imprint of Mexican summer. Um, we've got like film screenings and some sound installations and uh, yeah, and we've got a recording residency um, with Conan Moccasin and Dev Hines, Blood Orange. So really cool. yeah, it's, it's just going to be like this, I, yeah, it's sort of something I've been working on for a long time. So it's going to be a, it's going to be crazy to see it actualized, you yeah, know? Yeah. And when you're like, because I, I imagine you're booking flights and organizing transportation and doing everything like that. Do you still fanboy out a bit? You go, oh crap, I really like that guy. He makes really great music. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's strange. Like, I, like Dev Hines is a musician I've admired for a long time. And ever since he was in, like, that band Test Icicles, I don't know if you ever heard them. Like, that, yeah. So it's kind of cool. Like, um, and he's sort of just, like, had a crazy career, like, jump in the last few years as well. And, um, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's fun uh, with, like, working with an artist like Conan as well because he's obviously, like, a... Um, a New Zealand musician that I've been a fan of for, you know, since I was a teenager. And it's cool. It's really cool to be working with him. And um, so many musicians love him. Like, so it's, it's cool to be able to, like, do these projects where um, you can really be creative and, like, pair people together. And, yeah. um, and that's sort of, like, what the spirit of the festival is. You know, it's about, like, uh, doing, like, yeah, like, unique performances and different environments and um collaborate lots of collaboration and artistic crossover like a lot of the musicians will be doing like painting as well there's going to be like a mural installation so yeah it's kind of it's something that we're hoping to do like once a year every march um so this is like they we had like a we had a year the first year was last year but it was kind of just like a, a much smaller scale so this year will be like the real test, I think. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty fun thing to work on. Yeah, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Roy Montgomery. <laughs> he's just, uh, um, he's a musician I've just, I've admired for a long time. Uh, he's Christchurch based. He's actually, I think he's a professor at Lincoln University now. Awesome. But um, he's, he, yeah, he's kind of had like a pretty varied career. He was in, um, I think, the Pin Group, the Flying Nun Band, and just makes really beautiful, like, uh, sort of drone-based instrumental um, music. Uh, and he, he's actually collaborated a lot with uh, Grouper, who's playing at our Mafia Festival. So that was a nice segue, actually. <laughs> and yeah, this that, yeah, this track's uh, called Clarenite Port Hills. Um, taken off this really amazing album he did called uh, Scenes from the South Island. A lovely title. America, oh, is that just past Taupo?
Shay, how do you find dealing or working with and interacting with American people? Um, I'm, I find it good, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, initially, I think when you first move here, um, I mean, like, yeah, a lot of New Zealanders feel quite taken aback by how confident and, uh, I guess, louder Americans tend to be. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, like, I don't really know how true that is in a way. Like, I think when you arrive in New York and you're walking down the street and you just hear people, like, really loud conversations in their phone and stuff, like, that's definitely, like, a, a surface thing. But I don't know, like, the more you get to know people, like, I work with maybe, like, 12 people here at um, Mexican Summer who are all American, and I don't know, like, it's just, I don't really think about it like culturally like that it's just sort of like the people their friends you know um so i suppose it's sort of once you once you're settled in it it becomes less of a thing but when you got here were there cultural were there specific cultural differences that you noticed and had to adjust to at all or did you already feel quite comfortable growing up on american film listen to american music you know being already involved in american culture yeah um yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know, like, I think initially when you... Yeah, when I first got here, I would just kind of, like... It would be funny, you know, like, you would go to a deli and there's, like, this super, like, New York yeah. accent and he's, like, you can't really tell what he's saying and he can't understand what you're saying. And, like, the, yeah, there's definitely, like, kind of exchanges like that that are really funny and yeah. it's, like... It, yeah, they, like, they remind you of, like, a film or, like, a moment in, like, a TV show or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I'm just a little bit more acclimatized to it now. Like, I don't, it doesn't feel foreign to me, really. No. It's just sort of like, yeah, I guess, I guess just like working with Americans, I live with Americans as well. Yeah. And I do, I mean, I do have like a good network of, of New Zealand friends here, and it's always really nice to hang out with them. But, um, no, it's not really something that I really think about, no. actually. Yeah. Do you find yourself being asked where you're from quite a lot? Because I've noticed that of, of you know, like to the last two months, more, more so than ever. Right. Yeah. More so than when you lived in Los Angeles? Yeah. Or, right. Yeah, um, yeah I guess, uh, I, don't, I don't actually know. Not that much. Because no. I feel like, yeah, maybe in New York, like definitely there's just, every, there's so many different accents. There's so yeah. many people who come from somewhere else. So maybe not so much here. Um, I mean, I definitely, like, when I meet people, like, uh, I get a lot of questions about my accent. Like, some people think... I've some Someone thought I was from the Midwest, <laughs> which is really strange. Uh, I get, like, England a lot. But, um, no, like, yeah, I... It's just, it's a funny thing to think about. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't really think about being a, a foreigner too much, actually. Which that's is good. Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. When you got here, were you always did you have your heart set on New York or were you going to go wherever the wind blew you? Um, I was pretty set on New York. Um, yeah, like I had yeah, I'd visited America once, so I'd only been to LA and San Fran and New York, and New York was my favorite out of those three. When did you visit for the first time? Um, we visited in 2010 um, as part of the uh, Rose Quartz, the blog that I wrote for, we did two um, showcases during CMJ cool. Music Festival in 2010. Yeah. 
So how did you organize that from New Zealand? I don't know. I actually remember when you were going over to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like, yeah, I mean, coming back to that network of blogs that we were a part of, we had quite a few like writer blogger friends here that we set up showcases with okay. and they obviously knew the lay of the land. So they were like, yeah, like they kind of helped book stuff. And then we like kind of picked our favorite bands and um, yeah, we did like two showcases uh, over the week and it was, yeah, it was, that was really, that was definitely like a um, really special like trip, you know? And that I think that made me associate like uh, New York with just like a lot of possibility, you okay. know? Um, yeah. Because just, yeah, being from New Zealand and like the internet's great at connecting, but like, to be in an actual physical place where you're like meeting people and artists that you really admire um, and putting on events is it's just like it takes it to a new you know level I think yeah for sure yeah do you um, after moving here believe that if a New Zealand musician or act w is to do well it benefits them a great way to be here. To do well in, a, in an international sense. In a way that they can do music full time and not have to make coffee on the side or whatever, you know, do their other day job. Right. Um, man, good or, question. Or, or is that a redundant question? You know, you're only as good as your music. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's true for sure. I think, um, I mean, it's a gamble. I think, like, coming here, it's, it's definitely not cheap and easy to 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 get by here it is a challenge but um i don't know i guess it just really depends on how much i mean it just depends on a lot like how much you're hungry for it um who i mean it yeah it depends on like who if a network that you have here i think it's really important to have some sort of support system um but yeah i mean I've never been a musician, so I, I feel like I'm probably, I can't really comment that. No comment. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would say like, there's definitely like just a lot of opportunities here. Yeah. And if, 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 if it is meant to happen, it will maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's a good attitude actually. Like if, if you come here and it's meant to happen, then it will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about Golden Axe. Golden Eggs are another, like, important uh, teenage, early 20s band uh, duo uh, to my musical development. Uh, it's Chris Cudby and Dave King, Dave Kent, real name, um, based in Auckland. And they've just, I don't know, they've been, they've been doing their thing for, like, I don't know, like over a decade now, like um, they just, they have a really fun live show. And I first saw them at um, this really cool, like art installation in Christchurch. They built a giant Wario head, you know, Wario, the villain from Mario. Yeah. Yeah. They built like this giant Wario head in this tiny, like retail space. And okay. I think it was in Poplar Lane in Christchurch, pre-earthquake. And um, yeah, they play, it was like made out of cardboard and they installed it like over a week. And then they just played this show. And um, it started out with like the smoke machine and like 
all these synths and it was just this head like no one could see anything and then they like punched the goggles out of Wario's head and then they were just inside like wearing like wigs and like with like crazy fairy lights everywhere and it was just like this really fun yeah. show <laughs> so yeah they're just like they're longtime favorites of mine um, and yeah they rock <laughs> to America. Stop. Say hello to the Queen.
You're listening to A Kiwi Abroad. I'm here with Shay Birmingham. Shay, tell me a little bit about Mark Wondercastle. Well, Mark is was the uh, guitarist and vocalist in the Tiger Tones, who I played oh. earlier. Yeah, so he... He's like just like another old friend of mine, and he, um, after the Tiger Tones disbanded, he started making music under this name, Mark Wondercastle. Okay. Um, and yeah, that was a track called Bring Me Joy that I, I can't, I, maybe it was like 2010 he put that out. But yeah, he's always been really into dance music. Um, and so, yeah, that was just like more of like a, like a fun electronic project for him. And that song is just like so good. Really good use of, and I think it's in a, a sample from Ashanti's Happy. Right. Um, yeah, it's just like a, it's a really fun track. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Do you have aspirations to one day start your own label or do something like that? Hmm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely, um, I've, I've thought about it just because living here, um, especially in Greenpoint, there's so many record labels. Mm. Like, there's, I think there's, like, over 40 just in this neighborhood. Um, so, like... That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's insane. So, like, yeah, like, seeing people do it and, like, um, you know, like, I have a few good friends who run labels. Like, I definitely... It is tempting. But, like, on the same token, it's sort of, like, does there need to be another record label, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not something that I w- would rule out, but, like... Right now, I definitely feel like I'm busy enough um, doing, just working here and doing A&R because we also have like a, we have like a reissue label uh, called Anthology Recordings. So um, I spend a lot of time looking for older records to reissue for that as well. And um, yeah, and then we also have software, the electronic label. So I kind of feel like I I almost do A&R for three different labels anyway. And starting something on my own would just be a lot, maybe. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe, yeah, right. Yeah, no, it, it would be a lot right now by the sounds of it when you say you've three labels that you're actually looking after. It's kind of like three different niches of music that you're trying to cater to. Is it? I know you're a music fan across the board, but how do you put your head into the mindset of each one? Um... Well, with software, um, software is kind of founded by uh, Dan LePadden, who's a musician. Uh, he records his One O Tricks Point Never. So he he um, he's like an artist first and foremost, but software is kind of like his imprint. So he he does most of the A and R. I mean, I'm in kind of part of the conversations. So like with that, I think it's more directed through him. Um, with Mexican Summer, it's um, yeah, I don't know. I, Mexican Summer is quite a diverse label. Like, um, it's probably it's definitely more like kind of indie rock leaning, but um, yeah, it's diverse. Like, we've put out a lot of dancier and electronic and kind of dubby records as well. And then with Anthology, Anthology's actually been really cool to work on because it's a totally different process from like finding like a new artist or a demo and like and 
you know putting an offer out and it's just like a different process so it's a lot of it's quite research-based like uh i spend a lot of time on discogs like looking up records that are out of print and trying trying to find like licenses and tracking down like people who made were a part of making like this crazy rare record from like the 70s like so it's a lot of it's kind of like a lot of detective work and I I really like doing that it's a totally different process from doing like A&R for a new label yeah right um but yeah yeah. have you you personally found um stuff that that has gone on to be released yet or are you looking at artists that to you know sign and release stuff with yeah 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 totally um We've, yeah, put out like maybe three EPs last year from artists that I brought in and hopefully we'll be like, yeah, hopefully doing an album as well. Um, Is that quite a satisfying feeling for you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, like I kind of, I kind of thought coming into it that it would be quite easy, but just like, yeah, learning as I'm going, like there's just like a lot of, the business of music is a lot more complicated than you think. Like initially I kind of didn't really understand maybe what labels did really. <laughs> but now, I, but now, yeah, I, I, I totally appreciate like how much work goes into putting something out. Like it's, it really is like a big process. Mm. Um, so yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, now a couple of brothers who took out what we were talking about earlier, literally and moved to London, mm. Um, you've selected one of their tracks. Chaos and the CBD is who I'm talking about. Tell me a little bit about your relationship to them or, you know, how you became a fan of theirs. Yeah, well, I, interestingly, like, don't, I don't know these guys, but I know, like, they're from Auckland and, like, you're, yeah. you know them? I, I, I know them loosely, yeah. yeah. They're, they're not great guys. Yeah, no, like, I, um, it's funny, I kind of actually just found out about them when I was here, I think. And I remember, because I remember seeing their name on, like, party flyers around Auckland, but I just, I never caught them, which was a bummer, because I really dig what I've heard of theirs. Yeah. Um, and kind of, like, similarly, this sort of ties into that Shapeshifter track, I think. This is just, like, really good, like, jazzy, you know, this, like, beautiful sax line in this track. And it's, um... It's cool. It, it's very New Zealand sounding to me. I like it. Yeah. America. You never said you spoke German.
Shay, how do you find doing everyday stuff here? Have you managed to sort out how you get around, how you, where you do your laundry, how to pay rent, everything like that? Got a bank account? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been pretty lucky, I think. Like, I um, when I arrived here, I moved into Greenpoint, where I still live, and I also work here in Greenpoint. So I've just I've been Greenpoint's just been like my zone, you know, yeah. since I moved here. Um, and yeah, like when I, I moved here, I moved into a sublet with uh, Liam Finn and his brother, actually. And so I've always had like, yeah, had this weird like New Zealand group of friends here as well through that. That wasn't, that wasn't on Java Street, was it? No, like this was before they moved to Java Street. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my first night in New York was with Liam Finn. Oh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. In that same apartment. I don't know if it was that apartment, but it was with him. And 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 now his brother is living in the other room. Ah, uh, crazy. Right, yeah. Alroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And I was there for a few months and then I just moved apartments like, I don't know, six blocks north. So I've just, I've really... I know this neighborhood so well. Yeah. So yeah, I've like I've got my laundromat, I've got my bodega, I've got my organic grocery store. <laughs> There's yeah, like I I definitely feel like it's um it feels like homey now. It's yeah, really yeah. nice. Yeah. And and you know when like new Kiwis come over, do you often find you know, do you end up helping them out cuz now you know you've the sort of it's set up now. There's a network of Kiwis here. Do you, you know, always help to make it easier for when other Kiwis come over? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. Um, I think that's just, like, really... Um, it's just really important, you know? Like, I know... like It's weird. Like, I, my friends who have moved here have had kind of different... Like, some people have uh, immediately kind of, like, just shone and, like, have been really... Had really good luck. I, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of New Yorkers just being... Um, having the right dose of like being outgoing and just like being in the right place. Like a lot of them have kind of like immediately done really well and it's taken a few others, like, you know, like a few months of struggling. So yeah, yeah totally. Like it's always like nice to be there for friends and just, you know, being a familiar voice, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Cause it's a big city. It is a big city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be overwhelming at times, I imagine for, you know, new people coming in. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I. Yeah, I was just. I was really lucky to not. I don't really feel like I had a period of, of struggling, too much. You know, like obviously, like it's expensive, and there 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 are months where I'm like, oh, am I going to be able to pay my rent? But like on the whole, I think I've um, I've just been lucky. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You do sound like you've had a pretty soft landing, yeah. and a great landing as well. Yeah, totally, man. I'm feel yeah really lucky yeah yeah um do you imagine or do you see yourself living here for the foreseeable future i think so yeah i mean um i yeah i really love living here um i it's always i no i'm not like the kind of person to plan that far ahead mm. but um i definitely would like the opportunity to stay for long term <laughs> for sure <laughs> Um, I, I went home to New Zealand, uh, for like a month, uh, this year and it was cool. Like it was just so lovely seeing family and friends, but, um, I think by the end I definitely was excited to get back yeah. and, um, yeah. And also just like working in music, I don't, it's just, I'm not sure how sustainable it is in New Zealand. It's just like a lot easier here. Mm. Um, 
and there's just yeah more opportunities obviously but uh yeah i love it here it's cool <laughs> what do you what it's like the one thing or you know the things that you want to get done whether it be travel see things in america or do you know with the rest of your year the rest of my year um i would really love to uh travel a bit more around the country mm. like i just um i've been working full-time basically since i moved here so i really aside from a few like work-related trips to like la i went to south by southwest last year i haven't really explored that much of the country so like this summer i've got a friend um living upstate he's going to college up there and he's getting a car so I think we're going to try to road trip around like the northeast, okay. um, around like Maine and Vermont and go to Cape Cod. Um, yeah, definitely like getting out of New York in the summer is a priority. Like yeah. it just gets really awfully hot. So that I would really like to do. Um, and then, I don't know, just keep on. It would be cool to, cool to sign some new stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Just yeah cool um a good friend of yours uh richard who started 1080p did he start that while you guys were still doing the blog or after no he started that after mm. yeah um so he re he's released a bunch of stuff now and the your final selection is someone that is he's recently released um music for yeah. mongo skater skater how do you say it i think it's mongo skater I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. always weird when you just see a word written on the internet a lot. And yeah. then when you try to go to say it in real life, it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> I don't actually know how to say that. <laughs> this interaction happens. Yeah. I think I know how to say it. Yeah, Mongo Skato. And you go, Monto Stato. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So he's a Wellington artist. Is that right? Yeah. He's like, and similarly, I don't, I don't know this dude at all. I think his name is Thomas okay. from the 1080p press release. But yeah, he's, he's, this is just like a really, um, it's a great cassette that Richard put out on his label. Um, supposedly he puts on a rad live show, but I don't, I don't even know if this project was like formed when I was still in New Zealand. So I, I don't know too much about it, but maybe, maybe the listeners will have. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. It's really like, really weird, like funky house mixed with I don't know. It's it's like a it's a very weird record, but it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Shay, thank you so much for talking to me, man. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you uh, tell me about your life here in New York, and all the best for the the, the foreseeable future. Thanks very much, Connor. You too. <laughs> Kia ora. Las Vegas. What's wrong with Rotorua?
You've been listening to A Kiwi Abroad with me, Conan Esther. To listen again to this and all other episodes, view photos and find out the playlists, head along to akiwiabroad.co.nz. Kia ora.